Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Is everybody happy this morning? Is everybody full of joy this morning? Amen. I love Lord, don't you? Amen. It's such a joy to be here, and thank you, Pastor Michelle, for having me. And um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, you know, I don't teach on this subject a whole lot, even though I have a book about it, <laughs> uh, because it seems like that I'm I'm always t- teaching in um, a group of, um, you know combination of men and women and um, um, but anyway today <laughs> I want I'm teaching I'm going to teach uh, out of my book balancing act and the original book was woman wife and mother and then we t- retrofitted it and I added some things to it and different things and so and we changed the name to the great balancing act because how many of you know, as a woman, you have to learn how to balance everything in your life because you have responsibilities that others don't have. <laughs> yes. Whether you're single, married, grandmother, grandmother, whatever. Around you. <laughs> it's wonderful. I love it, you know. I've got four great grandsons, and they're awesome. I love them. They are they are just so wonderful. The oldest is eleven. That's Hugo. Theo is four. Walter is two. And Jack is six months. <laughs> so the first three uh, belong to my granddaughter Whitney, and Jack belongs to my grandson. And his wife, Allie. So I'm just blessed, you know. I'm just blessed. And I'm so grateful and thankful for that. And as you, as you grow in the things of the Lord and, and, in, and in the natural, as you grow and you age, it, things change a little bit. And your responsibilities are a little different. And, uh, but we have to learn how to be complete and how to be confident and how to be uh, satisfied, so to speak, in who we are in God or in Christ. Amen? So I just want to talk to you a little bit today about the principles and the importance of understanding who you are and uh, in Him, <laughs> I guess you would say. And uh, let me find my notes over here where I want to start. Um regardless of your status, you know, whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're widowed, whether you're a mother, grandmother, great-grandmother, whatever, you still have responsibilities. Amen? You still have to be comfortable in, in um, who you are. And I like to say it this way. You're not just woman. 
you are a woman of God. Yes. You were created woman at birth, whether you realize it or not. <laughs> and um, we have to learn how to become free in who we are in Christ Jesus and be comfortable with that and know that it's okay to be who you are, you know? That's, that, to me, is so important. And I find so many women, even my age, that still don't know who they are in Christ. They don't, they're don't. they not comfortable with themselves. They're still searching and thinking, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not there. <laughs> I'm so glad I've come past that, praise God. Because it, it is frustrating. And it's difficult for us when we see that we're not, we don't understand who we are in Christ and how to be comfortable in that and who we are. Uh, I have a series. Called It's Okay to Be You. The importance of understanding you to be who you are. Look on the inside, you're the real you, and, and see who you are and who you are in Christ and learn to So we have to accept the fact that God created us woman. I don't care what the world says. God creates you who you are. <laughs> and you're either male or female. I'm sorry, that's just the truth of the word of God, and I'm not sorry about that. But I just don't accept the thinking of the world. I accept the truth of the word of God. Amen? So we have to accept the fact that God created us as woman or a woman. And since he created us that way, we can know how to and be able to function in that role of a godly woman as he intended us to function. Amen? Hallelujah. Psalm 139, 14 says this, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. That's what it says in the King James. So that's what I used to say about myself, to, to learn how to become uh, how God made me. Because, you know, God doesn't make mistakes. <laughs> Uh, and I rejoice in the fact that I am skillfully crafted as a woman. So we need to respect ourselves as women first. We do. And we have to understand that it's okay to be the unique individual that God has created you to be. Thank God not everybody's alike. Wouldn't that be boring? Oh, my goodness. We all looked alike, and we all thought alike, and we all, oh, no. Huh? That would be so boring. Thank God he didn't make us robots, right? <laughs> he made us to uh, make the choice for ourselves, and we can do that. And I'm just sharing with you today for you to understand that you can be who God's created you to be as woman. And, you know, the examples I may use are, from my family and from me because that's the, who I know the most about. <laughs> and uh, But I thank God that I'm not just one, but I am a woman of God. Praise God. I thank God for that. 
And I thank God that I am a unique individual and that God has created me and I can be um, who God called me to be. You know, uh, in the big... When I was younger, difficult time learning that it was all right to be me. And the reason, one of the reasons I did is because I was a shy, introverted person. And I could be, you know, easily intimidated. I know seeing me today, a lot of people have a hard time believing that, but it's true. Uh, you know, just a, a kind of realize, really know sometimes why. Go get out of the way, you know. Uh, and but you know, I enjoyed being in the background. You know, growing up in a, a ministry family, I enjoyed being in the background because that way, I didn't have to be seen. I didn't have to be heard. <laughs> and like I say. That desire was selfishness. Intimidation always is accompanied by torment. Fear is torment. Uh, you know, it, it was very hard for me to even go up to someone that knew that I didn't know and introduce myself. I mean, it just just frightened me to tears. I mean, I just couldn't handle it. It just frightened me so. And, uh, you know, people thought I was conceited, but <laughs> I was in fear. <laughs> but uh, just I, I, I can remember. You freed me from that, you know, because at the time you don't realize how you are controlled by that fear. And believe me, you're either controlled by fear or faith, <laughs> you know, <laughs> hallelujah. One or the other is operating in your life, either fear or faith, hallelujah. Thank God I chose faith and faith operates in my life every day. I refuse to operate in fear. And that's for the choice you have to make. Yes. And I, uh, I, it was hard for me all the time, especially out in public and in, in meetings and stuff that I was subjected to. It took me a while, but I did. It was okay to be who I was and to set boundaries. You know, um, learn that what I like, according to the word of God was okay you know I had to let God and the Holy Spirit work in me to change me I couldn't do it on my own but thank God for the word in the Holy Spirit thank God uh, you know it took me a few years and you know buddy and I married very young and so I didn't know this you know I didn't understand this when I got married and uh, so the first few of our years of our marriage was not really good. 
<laughs> One thing, Buddy was born again, but he was out of fellowship. He wasn't following the Lord, you know. He wasn't in fellowship with the Lord. And so I was trying to be a good wife, you know. And so we weren't necessarily living for God as we should. Even though uh, we went to church, you know, it was just, uh, it just, there were just things not right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And one of the things that I started doing, I would say, okay, Lord, I'm going to pray for my family. I'm going to pray for my husband. And so I would get down and I'd start praying and asking God to change him. You know, I'd say, does that, you know, you know, I want him changed on my turn. <laughs> and the Lord would always talk to me about what I needed to change. And I'd say, Lord, we're not and then he'd just so sweetly he'd say to me he'd say yes but if you learn to make these changes then it will begin to work better and and it'll change help him change and help him see and help him hear so i finally got got a hold of that and understood that you know sometimes it takes us a while right <laughs> sometimes it takes a while to to get a hold of things and have understanding of things in our life. And, uh, and so when I would start saying, well, what about this? What about his say? It's not about him. It's about you. You know, you're responsible for you. So my, I mean, my flesh didn't like it when God started talking to me about the change. not always God uh, we have to learn that God wants us to listen to him because he has understanding about us that we don't he knows us better than we know ourselves, even as we learn to know ourselves. so if we learn to listen to him by the spirit of God we'll be much better off and we'll continue to grow and mature not only uh, in the natural but spiritually amen I had so much to learn. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> but I began to allow the Holy Spirit to work in me as I yielded myself to the Father God. Thank God for that. Yeah. And then at the same time, what I learned was God was working with Buddy and working in him, you know. And uh, I had to learn that it wasn't about uh, what... I wanted Buddy to be, and it wasn't about what he wanted me to be, but it was about who God wanted to be. And when we begin to learn that, then we begin to realize that he created us so the two of us could come together as a complete force for the kingdom of God. Amen. And, I, you know, we all have to learn that. We all have to learn that. And... Uh, you know, it didn't matter how I wanted anybody to change. It didn't matter how he wanted me to change. Uh, it was a matter of us working according to God's plan and his purpose for our lives and for us to learn to work together in that which he had called us to do, which we did as we continued to yield ourselves to the Lord. But uh, finally I learned that it was okay to be me. <laughs> And then I discovered that God was first, should be priority in first place in my life, and that Buddy was not my source. 
the biggest problem a lot of times in a marriage looks at the husband as her source. And he is not your source. God is your source. God is your priority no matter what. God should always be your priority no matter what. And I think this is where women a lot of times trip up because as a wife, you try to please the, the man that you love in every way that you can, you know. If you think you're not doing what he thinks you want him to, then you try to, you know, do that and try to be everything that he says within your power to be that way that he wants you to be, and you can't. No. It, it, it just, it, it's never enough. It is never enough, ever. One of the because it's not what God intended. So, what do we have to do? We have to focus on pleasing God first. That's what's important. Pleasing God for, uh, first. You know, what has God intended for your life? <laughs> and we have to learn to be that selfless person that we do things because we love God and God is love and we're to be as he is. And we do things because it's godly and because it's right and not what I can get out of it. So uh, we have to learn to allow the Holy Spirit to mature us in those ways. Yield ourselves to him. I'm certainly <laughs> thankful for that. <laughs> uh, you know, um, like I said, you'll never, you'll never be enough. It'll just never be enough because you're always trying to do it within yourself and not focusing on what's pleasing to God. And, you know, I, I think that this is a good example of this. Uh, Buddy, who is my deceased husband, and his dad, for years, they, they didn't have a good relationship for years because it didn't matter what Buddy did. He was always trying to please his, bad, his dad. And it didn't matter what he did. He ne it was never enough. And, well, you could have done this or you should have done that or, you know, whatever. It was never enough. And finally, Just replied to. Him. Oh, am, is it? Um, am I not doing good? Oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Oops. <laughs> That's all right. I'll try to remember. I got this in my hand. <laughs> I, I talk with my hands. I forget. <laughs> anyway, and so he he just said. I, I just had enough. I don't, I don't think I can ever, I just can't ever please him. And I said, I said to him, and I just, it just rose up within me, and I said to him, I said, well, let's just pray for the guidance of the Lord and, and let the Lord work in us and in you and then go from there. And, and that's what Buddy began to do. And as he began to do that, he began to please God instead of concentrating on trying to please his father. He began to please God, and as he began to please God and began to move in the things that God had for him and the ways that God wanted him to move, 
his dad just totally changed, and he just thought Buddy was the most wonderful thing in the world. You know, in the last um, years of their of his dad's life, they had a great relationship. Well, what was that? Well, first, Buddy learned to become confident in who he was in God. And God began to work in him and show him how to flow in that so he could grow and mature in that and do the things that God wanted him to and not what man wanted him to do. And in that, that's more than enough. <laughs> it was pleasing to his father, and his father was so proud of him, you know. And, uh, but you have to be determined to be the woman of God or the man of God that, that uh, God has called you to be. No matter what anybody else thinks or what anybody else says, you have to come to the place where that, you know, you are complete. You know you are complete in him, and you can do what he asks you to do because he gives you the strength. He gives you the understanding. Amen. He gives you the help. Praise God. You know, and I had to come to, come to the same place, you know, on another level. Now, of course, I always had a great relationship with my parents, but I still had to learn how to come, overcome some unhealthy uh, mindsets that I had developed over the years, like I told you, because I was shy. And, and as a result, I always felt second best. I always felt I wasn't good enough, you know. And um, it took me a while to overcome that completely. But I did, hallelujah. And when it tries to come back on me, I just say, nope, I'm not that person anymore. I don't go there. No, nope, that's not me. And I can do that with confidence because I know of what God has done in me and how he's grown me and how he's matured me and how I flowed with him. And you can do the same. You know, you can do the same. And these mindsets sometimes are not easy. And, you know, since Buddy and I married young, a lot of them I had to learn through our marriage. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, and I, I had to learn. This is one thing I had to learn because I just thought I should never get upset and, at him and I shouldn't be angry. And all, and, but I had to learn that it was okay to get upset or to be angry. But the key to it, was not to sin in my anger. <laughs> Which we can do real easy with our mouths. You know, well, you this and you that. Blah, 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 you know, start all this accusing and carrying on, you know. Which is not godly. And I had to learn that. And I did learn that, you know. Because before, because of the introvertness, if, if I got upset or angry, I would just shut up and close down, you know. Because I didn't want to say anything that, that I really didn't mean. But yet I was so upset, you know. So I had to learn how to channel that properly. And we all have to do that. We have to learn how to channel anger, no matter who it is or who it's about, properly in our lives. And the main thing is uh, learning to communicate. And uh, thank God, Buddy and I had learned that quite well, I guess because we were so young. We learned to communicate, and we communicated. Thank God for good communication. And so I learned that, you know, I learned to frame my world with my mouth. I learned to frame my world with my mouth. Oh, first I had to learn that God was my priority, 
And then I had to learn that I could frame my world with my mouth. If I didn't like what was going on, change what I was saying. Look into the word. What does the word say about the situation? And speak what the word says about the situation instead of speaking the situation all the time. <laughs> That'll get you nowhere. You just go around in circles, go around in circles. But when you learn that, okay, this situation is not right. It needs to change. What do I need to do? And you ask the Holy Spirit, and he'll always give you the truth. He'll give you a scripture. He'll take you to a passage in the word that will bring understanding to you. And then that's what you speak. That's what you speak. So I had to learn to change my world by what I said. And I had to learn that by the Holy Spirit and my seeking God, that I could do that. And we all can do that. And I know this is very practical and very simple, but that's just how I am. <laughs> just how I am and how God has me speak. So um, I believe that if you open your heart, you will hear what the Spirit of God is saying to you and what you need to do to help yourself in the situations and things that, that you're, you're going through and that you're in. It doesn't matter how we are. There's always situations that we don't like. There's always situations that are not from God that we need to know how to handle in our lives. Amen? So I learned <laughs> to no longer ask Buddy to change God, but I learned to go to God and say, okay, God, what do I need to do here? What do I need to do here to help this situation? And he will help you every time. Because the Holy Spirit, uh, a lot of times I'll just yield myself to the Holy Spirit, start praying in the Spirit, hook myself up with the Holy Spirit, and pray in the Holy Ghost, knowing that I was praying the perfect prayer about that situation, because I didn't know how to pray about it. But when I yield myself and hook myself up to the Holy Ghost, and we're praying together, about the situation, then I'm praying the perfect prayer because the Holy Spirit's giving me the right words to say. And in tongues, I'm speaking out that which is right and which needs to be according to the truth of the Word of God. Hallelujah. Thank God for that. But, you know, that's what we have to do. Why? God is our priority. So the first thing we do is go to God. That's the first thing we do. Go to God. Hallelujah. So, you know, and when you do that, you always get an answer and you see, begin to see how God is working in, in your life, in your marriage, in, in situations, in relationships, whatever it is. You know, uh, <clears throat> there is always a release that comes and you know that situation is handled. And you just continue to speak the word over it. You just continue to speak the word over it. And, and it works. It works. It works. I'm telling you, the word always works. And you know, in October of 1998, Betty and I uh, <clears throat> celebrated our 40th wedding anniversary. And then he went home to be with the Lord in November of 1998. So uh, we had a very good, strong uh, marriage. And thank God I had learned that my priority was God. I had learned that God is the one that gives me what I need and that he is my source and nobody else. <laughs> and uh, thank God that the word of God was strong in me. And thank God that I had learned that my husband was not my source. Because if I hadn't, 
at that time, I, don't, I, I wouldn't know what to do. I wouldn't have known what to do. But I did. I knew exactly what to do. <laughs> I knew to thank God that he was with me and he would not leave me. And he was my source and he would help me. He would give me instruction. He would bring me understanding in any situation that I might face. And he always had. He is my strength. And he is my source. Praise God. So you learn to fit, fit, change your world and fulfill actually what God has called you to do in your world with the words of faith from, that come from your mouth. <laughs> Woo, there's strength in those life-giving words, I'm telling you. And you know, when, when uh, uh, Buddy went home to be with the Lord, there was just a peace that settled down over me. It was, it was a supernatural peace that settled down over me. And I still have that peace. Why? Because I determined not to let it go. Because it was needful in my life. <laughs> so, uh, thank God for the peace of God. But we have to understand, we have to come to, actually we have to come to understand and accept what God has called us to in this life and begin to fulfill it. Whether as our as our first of all is our role as a woman. You know, uh, like I say, in nineteen ninety eight, Buddy and I had been married forty years, and we had learned, I had learned, and he had learned through that, through those years, that we were called to ministry, and that uh, when we were pastoring, you know, um, the pastor's mantle actually was on him. But I was his mate. I was who God had, God had put us together and called us together. So what was I to be? I was to be completing to him. So my gifts and graces that I had, that God had given to me as I walked in them and learned to operate in them, were completing to the gifts and graces that God had placed on Buddy. So we walked together in harmony as one, complete in God. And that's what you have to learn. And, and it, it's, 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 it's a walk, <laughs> right, Jeannie? It's a walk. But you can learn it and you can do it. Sometimes I think we just, just settle for things. But don't ever settle. Go to God and let God settle it <laughs> in your life and move on, keep moving forward. Hallelujah. Because... My, 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 there's so many things as women that God has called us to do that we can do. And that's why he created us as women, for us to be able to do, to do that which he desires of us as a woman in this world and in this earth. Hallelujah. I can remember when God started calling me to, to start uh, teaching or speaking, you know, I just thought, oh, my Lord, God. I mean, just the thought of it, I just shook, you know. And I'd say, God, you got to be kidding me. You want me to get up in front of people and speak? I said, you know I can't do that. You know, I can't even get up and, and, and give a testimony hardly because I shake so from being so scared, you know. <laughs> and you know what the Lord, he just real calmly say to me, you're looking at the wrong person. And I, I knew what he meant, you know. The real me, the spirit man, that, that real me is alive unto God. He can do whatever God asks me to do. 
but I was looking at the flesh, this fleshly, uh, fleshly person that is not uh, righteous, you know. <laughs> and um, so I would just be quiet, and I'd just go on my way. And then, of course, next time I started talking to the Lord about things, he'd bring it up again. And finally, I said, okay, Lord, I will be obedient, and I will be willing. <laughs> I'm willing, and I'm obedient. And I said this to him, and, and you can understand this because of things that you said to the Lord. When I was a little girl, I said, ever since I was a little girl, I wanted to know you fully. And I wanted your will to be my will. And I said that every night before I went to sleep. I thank you, Lord, that your will is my will in my life. The will of God, your will, is my will. And so... I know that because of that, I can do what you're asking me to do. So I just began to yield myself to the Holy Spirit and how he was working in me and, and allow him to grow me and mature me in those things. And, you know, God is so good. You know, <laughs> I have to say this to you, ladies. You know, when God begins to work in you and you allow him to work in you and through you and that which he's asked of you, he doesn't leave you there. He doesn't leave you alone. He doesn't leave you helpless. But he's always so good and so kind and so gentle with you. And I can remember the first time <laughs> the Lord was so gracious, the first time I ever spoke. I was standing up in this little group of ladies, and they were, of course, I was like, I don't know how old I was, maybe maybe, maybe 30, maybe. And... and uh, this group of ladies and they were older you know they were like in their I don't know most of them were in their 60s I do remember that much about it but I remember they were older and it was so precious because I just got up and shared what I felt like God wanted me to share and I felt like it was just you know so simple and just but I just thank God that I I got out what I had in me that I felt needed to be said and those little ladies they were so precious you know, they just came up and they they just told me how good it was and and uh, how good I did and how much they learned and they appreciated me speaking forth the truth. You know, and all these things that were just encouraging me. And and that's how God is. You know, that was just so great. And I was so grateful and so thankful because I thought, well, maybe I didn't do too bad since these little ladies liked what I was saying. <laughs> But, you know, they weren't there for me. They were there to hear the truth of the Word of God. And that's what we need to always be, is wherever we are, we're there to hear the truth of the Word of God and, and what God is saying to us. And I'm sure my message was not the best they'd ever heard. <laughs> but they knew how to encourage me as I stepped out in obedience to and in faith to what God had called me to, to be obedient. So understand this. God never tells you to do something and then abandons you. He never does. Never does. When you act on what he's called you or asked you to do, he always puts you where you can receive encouragement and, and uplifting and understanding, and that way you can keep growing. Amen. <laughs> and that's just how God is. He's so good, and he's so gracious, and he wants us to excel in every area of our life. 
That's his desire. He's an excellent God, and he wants us to be excellent. Amen? So, uh, one of the things that happened to me, and one of the greatest changes, actually, in my ministry that came was, this has been many years ago now, but when God began to speak to me about moving more in the prophetic anointing, I'm not, I don't mean as a prophet, I just mean moving forth in the prophetic anointing that God had placed, was placing upon me. And, um, I mean, Buddy and I had already, you know, we already ministered by the Spirit of God and ministered in the gifts of the Spirit and, and, and things like that. But I had never had quite this same type of anointing on me before, and I didn't really understand it all and really didn't know. Uh, and I was learning how to yield to it and, and operate in it, you know. But one of the things that I realized a lot of times is your spirit becomes sensitive to the people around you. And sometimes when I'd walk in, Putty and I were pastoring at the time, and when I'd walk into church, into the church, you know, I could hear what people were saying, you know. And it wasn't favorable toward me because my ministry was changing and they didn't have understanding of it either. And uh, in the beginning, I guess because Buddy and I didn't have quite understanding of it, we didn't give explanation that was needed. And so that, it, it just really threw me for a loop. And instead of going to God with it, I just listened to what they were saying. And I, and I just said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I've had enough of this. This is it. This way your people are going to be. I quit. I'm not doing this anymore. And I didn't. I sat down, actually. <laughs> and I stopped active, actively ministering, even in the church. You know, I went to church when I wanted to. If I didn't want to, I didn't go. Because I didn't want I didn't want to have to be confronted with that. I, I just... So anyway, that's a long story, but I won't go into all of it. But... You know, as humans, no matter what kind of responsibility God has given to us, sometimes we, we, because of our thoughts and our actions, we go through hard times in it. But, and I did, you know, because I did it to myself. You know, I just sat down because I thought, I can't handle this. I, I can't go there. I can't do this. And, and as a result, <laughs> I started having difficulty in my body. And I realized that, I said, Lord, I know I've placed this, I've put this on myself because of my actions. And I started going into depression and having difficulty with depression. Well, I'd never, ever in my life had a problem with depression. Didn't even know anybody really that did, you know, at the time. And uh, so I thought, I don't know what to do about this. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't seem to get myself out of this, you know. And it seemed like a good day for me was to get up out of the bed and walk across my bedroom floor and sit down in the chair across, the, across from my bed. That was a good day. And I, I really struggled, and I thought, what is going on? I, I, I can't do this. And I kept, I kept doing what I knew to do. I'd read my word, and I'd pray in the Holy Ghost, and sometimes I felt like my prayers just come back and hit me in the face, you know. And, but at the same time, I knew I, I had to keep my relationship with God. And I finally said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I repent for getting myself in this place, but I don't know how to get myself out. You're going to have to help me. I draw on your mercies and your kindness and on your word to get me out of this. And you know he did. 
I repented for the mess I got myself in. <laughs> and I just said, and I began to get little cards and little notes from people saying, you don't know me and I don't really know you, but I just felt that you need to know that God had called me to pray for you and I'm praying for you. And I believe that you are victorious. And you you just don't know what that did for me. I mean, I, it just, first of all, it made me so aware that, yes, God hears my prayers, you know, and he's helping me. Glory to God. He helps me every time. <laughs> Woo. And, and I thought, this is just so like the Lord. He's so good. And I just began to thank him. And, you know, uh, I, I described it like this. It was like almost like I was in this deep, deep well, and I could look up, and even though the top was covered, there was a tiny, tiny, tiny pinhole, like a the top of a straight pin, about that big, a hole at the top that light was coming through. And just that much light coming through helped me, made me know that God was there, made me know that God loved me, made me know that, that he was helping me. And then he began to give these outward things to me for me to know for sure, yes, he is helping me. You know, he is hearing my prayers and he is answering my prayers. And, and thank God for that. And, you know, and as these things begin to, uh, these notes and these letters begin to come and I begin to be able to praise the Lord more. How many of you know praise is so important in your life? As I begin to praise the Lord more and thank him for helping me. Thank him for all the words of encouragement. Thank him for people that were obedient to pray for me. I begin to see more light. Until finally, <laughs> I got myself out. Hallelujah. <laughs> and understand this. What, that depression wasn't something I had to do. It was something I got myself in because I just sat down and didn't obey God. Wasn't willing to obey God. I put myself in that place. But see how good God is. He was good enough to help me no matter what. And one of the things that I, I, I was always aware of his love, and I was always aware that he was with me. And I just knew he was there with me. I knew it. But uh, I said, Lord, I just thank you for loving me. I thank you that you know that uh, you're working in me. And here's the key. And I want you to know that I want you to work in me, and I will be willing and obedient to do that which you ask of me. And once I did that, then it was like the top was lifted, and I, I, could, I could begin to come up and out. And God put people in my life. You know, there was a lady that we were acquaintances, but we weren't really friends, and she would call me. And she'd say, what are you doing? I'd say, absolutely nothing. <laughs> and she'd say, well, I'm going to come get you, and we're going to get out of the house for a while. And I said, no, I haven't showered everything. She said, well, get in the shower because I'm coming. <laughs> so I thought, well, I guess I better get in the shower. <laughs> so I'd get in the shower, and I'd get myself halfway looking decent, and she would get me out of the house. And we may just drive around for a few minutes and maybe just stop and maybe get a cup of coffee, you know, to go, not... I didn't get out, <laughs> but I was in the car and I was out of the house. And things like that, you know, God will lead you little by little and help you little by little until you get can get a hold of things and begin to help yourself. 
And that's what he did. He just began in all these different ways as I cried out to him to help me so that I could then begin to take hold and help myself and bring myself out of that which I had put myself in. And what was that? To thank him that he had called me, to thank him that I was willing and obedient to do that which he had called me to do, and I would do it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Uh, we are responsible for what God's called us to do. We are responsible for that. So I was definitely a different person when I came up out of that. Uh, there were some things that I had learned that I had grown in, that I had understanding of that I didn't have understanding before. And uh, it definitely finished the changing me from a shy, introverted person to a person that in the Spirit of God was very bold and the person that he intended me to be. I'm not always so bold in the natural, but when I get in the spirit, when I get up like, like this, when I get up to speak, I yield myself to the spirit of God. I'm bold in saying what God wants me to say. I'm bold in speaking forth that which he's given to me. And that's the way it should be in our lives. And um, I, I, I find myself sometime in the natural being pretty bold. And I think, oh, and I think, no, that's who I am, you know. Not ugly, bold. <laughs> There's a difference in being ugly and being bold. <laughs> I'm bold in God. Hallelujah. <laughs> and, but freedom from fear was the biggest change that came out of that. Uh, I, I, I realized when I came out of that that I was free from what people thought. I was free from other words that tried to come in to, to place me in a box uh, of religious thinking, you know, um, and tell me what kind of a person I should be, you know. And I can remember, uh, and you know, this was years ago, if I, <laughs> but uh, I was on the PTA committee of my, my, my kids' school and I was talking to the two of the women in, on the committee, which I had befriended, and and we were just talking about one another and what we were doing. And I said, well, my husband and I have uh, started a church. And she said, you mean your husband's a pastor? And I said, well, yes, he is. She said, oh, my, you don't look or act anything like a pastor's wife. And I thought, well, good. <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> Why? Because religious people have their own ideas of the way a pastor's wife should be, what they should do, what they should not do, what they should look like, and how they should function. <laughs> but the pastor's wife has to be who she is in God, not who you think she should be. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I learned that, and I learned that it was okay through that. I learned it was okay to be me. And... Uh, to be who God called me to be, to be a testimony to my family and to those outside of the family or out, out here in the world that I came in contact with. Uh, I was glad that I didn't fit in that mold. I wanted to fit in the mold of God, not in the mold of man. And, you know, back when I was growing up and when, when I came into these things, you know, the pastor's wife played the piano. I didn't play the piano. Pastor's wife sang. I didn't sing. Pastor's wife taught Sunday school class. I didn't teach. 
And if I'd allowed myself to think along those lines, I'd have really got defeated again. But I thought, no, that's not who I am, and that's not who I'm supposed to be. And I thought, I'm going to be who God says I am. And I have learned not to be anxious, as it says in Philippians 4, 6, not to be anxious, uh, because anxiousness is not of God. It's not of God. And I, ha- I just said, Lord, I'm just not going to have anxiety. I'm going to have peace. And I'm going to have that peace operating in my life. And I'm going to operate in love, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. That is how I want to live. And as I begin to open myself up to the Holy Spirit, that's how I begin to live. And I still live that way to this day. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, you know... One of the things that I noticed, and this was several years ago, but I noticed that, uh, you know, when women felt like they were called in some form of ministry, that they kind of got kind of haughty about it. And if you tried to speak into their lives, they'd say, well, I know what God said to me. I know the Spirit of God. I know what I'm supposed to do. And that within itself made me wonder because of that haughty spirit, you know. Because first and foremost, first and foremost, your family is first and foremost. (laughs) After God, it's your family, not your ministry. And I saw women, you know, running off doing this and running off and doing that and leaving their family and to fend for themselves and and, all, and that's, not, that's not godly, and that's not God. So we have to look at what God is asking us to do and ask the questions, how, when, where, how come? <laughs> you know, don't just say, well, God said do this, and I'm going to do it. No, there's a timing in all things, and we must move in the timing of God. And, you know, there were some things that the Lord asked me to do that, that uh, during those years that I knew wasn't then, but as the years went on, I developed in that, and I walked in those things that God was saying to me, began to walk into them. But he gave me that information for me to prepare myself. And how did I prepare myself? By staying in the Word, by praying in the Holy Ghost, and asking the Lord questions about how to do, when to do, why to do, and all those things. And we need to ask ourselves in our daily life about that when God speaks to us about things. Moving in the timing of God is the most important thing that we can do, is walk and move in the timing of God and what he has called us to. And you know, when you know that your actions and what you're doing is in line with the will of God and the word of God, that what you that, that that you're doing what God's called you to do to the best of your ability, you know you can walk in peace. There's just peace. You can know I'm following God. I'm faithful to my commitment to all that He's asked of me, and therefore I am free in Christ. Hallelujah. And and you know there's not any. I keep hitting that. I'm sorry. There's not anything more important than that. Nothing more important than that. <laughs> Oh, my goodness, to be suitable and pleasant and willing for the things of God, to the things of God. Um, 
you know, back in Genesis, it tells us that God placed Adam and Eve in the garden, and, and that garden was perfect, and they were perfect. They were in total perfection, total perfection. And perfection, total perfection was all around them. But he said to them that he did not uh, want them to partake of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But in that, in that beautiful place, that perfected place, was the tree of life. They could partake of that. And if they had continued to partake of that, they would continue in that perfect life. But what did they do? They got in disobedience. And uh, because of temptations, <laughs> they were tempted. And, you know, they blame it on the woman, but it was really the man. Because he told Adam to take care of the garden. And that meant his wife along with it. <laughs> and when she moved into that deception of that temptation, it was his place to rise up and say, No, God has said. And prevented that. But instead, he just joined in with her. So I'm sorry, guys, you can't blame it on women anymore. <laughs> because I look at it this way. They were in this place. They were perfect. God had created them perfect. They were in the perfect situation. They had surroundings all around them that were perfection. And all that God had said was, don't touch this tree. And then he had told Adam... You dress this garden, you take care of it, all that's within it. That included Eve. So it was his responsibility because of what God had said to him that when she moved into temptation, it was his responsibility to not allow it. And we need to see that in our lives. You know, there are many things that we want to put, well, if they hadn't have done this, and if they hadn't have said that, then I wouldn't. No, you're responsible for you. It doesn't matter what somebody else has said or what somebody else has done. You, because you know God and you know truth, that you operate in the truth, and you speak up in your authority in the name of Jesus. But... uh Thank God for Jesus that brought us back into that perfection. Hallelujah. And that fellowship with the Father God. Hallelujah. Thank God. Thank God. But, you know, they were in a state of harmony in, in that. They were in a state of harmony. And, uh, but that's what, you know, the enemy's all after, always after, and always trying to rob, rob our peace, our harmony, our, our unity in the things of God, because when we begin to do that, then we begin to pull away from the things of God and move toward the things of the world. And that's his, that's his goal. So why listen to him? Don't even listen to him. He's a liar and the father of lies. <laughs> Recognize what's coming across your mind, where it's coming from. Amen? Oh, my watch is not right. I don't even know how long, how long I've been going. I'm sorry. <laughs> but anyway, 
so uh, thank God Jesus restored that back to us. In Hebrews 10.10, it says, By the which uh, will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Once and for all. And then verse 14 tells us, For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. So when we come into the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are sanctified. So he has perfected that within us forever. We just have to learn to walk in it. And through the word and by the Holy Spirit, we have all the help we need to do that. Hallelujah to learn his ways, to know his ways, to walk in his perfection and walk in that oneness with God. Hallelujah. I'm so glad for that. <laughs> so we can be that perfect woman that God... In what does that mean? That means a mature woman in God. A mature woman in God. We can be. Uh, and a lot of times, you know, you may think, well, I don't feel perfect at all. Well, so... But we don't go by our feelings. We go by faith in God and his word. <laughs> so the longer I walk by faith, the more my feelings align with the word of God. And that's what we have to recognize. Hallelujah. It's my faith in the word of God that makes me strong and makes me know that I am following God. And it's the Holy Spirit that helps me continue to walk in that and grow and mature in the things of God. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I, uh, uh, I'm not really, don't know where I am in my notes, but that's okay, isn't it? <laughs> Just trying to see where, where I am here. And so it's important that we, and I know we've heard this time and time and time again, but I, I still want to stress it because of the day that we're living in, because there's so many distractions, so much evil. And, you know, they're trying to make you believe that evil is good and good is evil. Well, it's not. Good is not evil and evil is not good. In, uh, in my book or anybody's book that knows the word of God, evil comes from Satan, good comes from God. God is a good God all the time and Satan is an evil God all the time. And he doesn't care. He's full of destruction. He doesn't care whether he, he uh, ruins your life or not. That, he doesn't care. Because what he's after is Jesus. He wants to ruin Jesus, but Jesus has already gotten the victory, and he'll never be able to do that, ever. So he won't be able to, to uh, destroy you if you don't allow him to, because you have Jesus in you. Hallelujah. And you're alive unto him. Amen. Glory to God. Alive unto him. So as we, as the same way we learn to eat a balanced diet, we need to learn to eat a balanced diet of the word of God. Of understanding, love, joy, peace, faithfulness, greatness, goodness. All that God is, we are to be. And it's by the Holy Spirit that we mature in those things of who God is. You know, I always have to bring the Holy Spirit into it. <laughs> but that's okay because, you know, that's who causes me to live victorious in this life. Because he's the action behind the Father's will. 
And as I know the Father's will and I allow him to move me in it, then I'm walking in it. Hallelujah. Growing in it. Moving forth. You know, it's just as ridiculous to sit down at a dinner table with all this food and say, well, all this food just looks so good, I don't know why it's not helping me. Well, you have to taste it. You have to eat it. And the Lord says, taste and see that the Lord is good. <laughs> so you have to taste him through his word and by the Holy Spirit. And, uh, uh, you know, pick up that word. It's like you'd pick up that food. Pick up that word and find out what it says about you and for you and let it be effective in your life. Hallelujah. Meditate on the Word of God. Meditate on His promises. Allow those promises that God has said to come forth out of your mouth about your life. Hallelujah. You know, when I was dealing with um, the issue with my tongue, and some of you may not know this, but I don't know, three or four years ago, I don't know how long it's been now, uh, here on the side of my tongue, I kept having this issue, and I thought, well, this is just really strange. So I had my checkup at my yearly checkup at the doctor. So I asked him about it. And he said, well, I'm going to send you to uh, an ear, nose, and throat specialist and let them look at that. So he did. And, and so he uh, took a biopsy. And he said, well, uh, it's there. He said, it's very minute. And it hasn't taken root. But there is a cell of cancer there. And he said, because it's on your tongue, the only way to get rid of it is to operate and take it, off, take it out. And so I said, okay, I need to pray about this. I don't care who they are. I'm going to tell them, you know, <laughs> I need to pray about this. He said, that's fine. And so I prayed about it, and I knew that's what I should do. So in that surgery, I just told him, I said, Pas uh, doctor, I want you to understand where I am in this. I said, I know you're taking that out, and you'll test it, but I want you to know there is no cancer in my body anywhere. He just looked at me. He said, okay. <laughs> he, I don't think he knew what to say. He thought, I know he thought, boy, she's strong. <laughs> but I just wanted him to know where I stood. And so we set the date, and I was getting ready to go on vacation, and so... The whole time I was on vacation, all my free time, I just spent in the Word about healing, listening to, uh, to uh, healing scriptures, uh, listening to teaching on healing. I spent the whole time, and, make, and the God, God gave me one scripture. That's all I needed. don't need five or six or seven or eight or nine or ten. One. One scripture God gave me, and I would confess that scripture. I would let it come out of my mouth. This is what I believe. This is what I know. This is what I receive. And this is how it is. So I receive my miracle, and I thank you. There's no cancer in my body. So when, we, when I went back home and I went in for the surgery, um, I said, okay, doctor, I want to remind you of what I said. And he said, I know what you said. I heard it clearly. And he said, but you can repeat it if you want to. <laughs> and I said, I want to repeat it to you. So I repeated it to him. I want you to know there is no cancer in my body. He said, yes, ma'am. So um, 
we did the surgery, and and um, he said, I'll let you know the result, you know, when I get it back. And he said, either my assistant or somebody will call you and let you know. Well, one day the phone rang, and it was my doctor. And he said, Miss Harrison, I just had to call you myself. And I could, I could, you know how on the phone you can hear somebody grinning? <laughs> and I knew he was just grinning. He said, I want to tell you there is no cancer in your body. <laughs> I said, thank you, but, uh, thank you, doctor, and I thank God. And he said, yes, ma'am. And, and uh, he's a younger gentleman, you know, but he just, he wasn't going to argue with me. He just accepted what I said, and that's good. You know, so when I went back into him for my first checkup, uh, he, he, he's kind of a little bit shy, and he got real red, and he said, I just want to tell you, Miss Harrison, I just appreciate your, your strength and you, you speaking up for what you believe. And I said, well, thank you, sir. I said, I think I just am of the, uh, that's just the way I am. What I believe is what I speak. And he said, well, that's really good. He said, it certainly works for you. And I said, yes, sir, the word works every time. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, that's how you have to be. You have to be strong and bold, but not ugly. <laughs> but in the love of God, you know. But make your statement of who you are, what you've received, and how it's going to be. That's what God intended, intends for us. And uh, as we cultivate in the things of God and cultivate our relationship with the Holy Spirit, then the motor will get in those things in being who we are as a woman of God. Not as a woman, but as a woman of God. And I want to emphasize that. As a woman of God, you have the right to stand for your family. You have the right to operate your family and your home as you feel God is directing you. You have a right to speak forth that which is God is saying to you about your home and about your family and how it should be. So you need to do it, and you need to speak it, and you need to say it. You need to be strong and bold about it. It's not about what you want, but it's about what the Word of God says about the matter and about the situation. And we can walk in wisdom in, in by the Spirit of God. Proverbs tells us in the third chapter of Proverbs, it says, In wisdom, what does he say? Is always pleasantness and peace. In wisdom, there's always pleasantness and peace. Hallelujah. I've got Jesus on the inside of me, and he is the anointed one, so I've got anointing flowing in me. So because Jesus is in me and he's a healer, then i got the healing anointing flowing in me. Hallelujah. And in that healing anointing, I am healed, cured, and whole. And that's what you need to speak over yourself if that's the issue that you're having. You know, that's what I would say about my mouth. Nope, my mouth is healed, cured, and whole. I've received my miracle. And you know, oh, I don't know when it was, not too long ago, this, this thought, the enemy tried to put this thought across my mind. Well, what, what, what if something happens to your tongue again? I thought, I said, no, Mr. Devil, I don't receive anything from you. You're a liar and the father of lies. I received a miracle. God gave me a miracle. He didn't take his miracles away, and I'm not rejecting it. So I have my miracle. And I will keep it forever. Hallelujah. 
That's how we have to be in every situation. Anything in our lives, circumstances, situations, that's how we have to be. That bold, that sure, that knowing. This is the truth of the Word of God, and by the Spirit of God in me, it shall be so in my life. Hallelujah. Whew. I tell you what, it's got me through all these 80 years. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. But we have to, have to want the presence of God in our life all the time. I, I tell people sometimes, I don't go anywhere without the presence of God and the peace of God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Glory to God, and I don't. And I thank God for it. <laughs> Woo! You can be that same woman. That same woman. I'm not setting myself up as, 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 the, as the example, which, because Jesus is the perfect example. But the life that I live, I live in the life of Jesus Christ. So as a result, I am an example because I'm to be as God is here on the earth or as Jesus is here on the earth. <clears throat> so what do we do? We have to be diligent. We have to be diligent to obey him. We have to be diligent to be willing <laughs> in that obedience. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we have to be willing to do what it takes or what God is saying, to walk in that, that God is saying to us. But, you know, how many of you know diligence is a discipline? <laughs> it's a discipline. So we have to maintain the determination that I am diligent in the things of God in my life. I am diligent and keeping my world and creating my world as God intended it to be. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not responsible for others. I'm responsible for me. And where God has placed me, I will walk in the responsibility by growing spiritually, by allowing the Spirit of God to work in me, to help me know how to, to properly uh, walk in the things that God has called me to, whether it's just cleaning the house and keeping things neat and cooking or whatever, whether it's a job, whatever it is, that we are blessed to walk in his goodness and have all that he says we can have and be who he says we are to be. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The devil is a deceiver, not God. Hallelujah. Deception takes away. God is... God gives life, and life gives. Hallelujah. What we need to see is deception is, is not life. Deception really leads to death, unfortunately. But we have life because we have Christ. He is our life. <laughs> Therefore, we walk in life so we can walk in love, in faithfulness, in goodness, in joy, in peace. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I, I, I get excited about that, and I can rejoice about that because that's who I am, that's how I'm to be, and I can in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. I can in Jesus' name. I, my mouth is dry, sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Praise 
praise the name of Jesus. Thank you, my Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> I, 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 you stole about a casita baja. I, uh, I just uh, sense a few things. I'm just going to do those few things quick as God has said. And, and um, I don't, you know, necessarily know why, but I, I um, anyway, I'm just going to obey God. Is that okay? And remember this, you're not a spectator. You are a participator. Spectator. <laughs> Excuse me. You are a participator. <clears throat> so let's just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost.